The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. MLB show. Here are your hosts, the luckiest men on the face of the earth, Chase Fedorsky and Bryce Holden. Welcome to episode 79 of the Underdog Sports MLB show with Bryce Holden. My name is Chase Fedorsky. It is September 15th, so even though the baseball season has only been going on for a shade under two months, we are officially two weeks away from the postseason. Uh, we will go into full details on the finalized postseason bubble in a little bit, but it's pretty wild. Um, I'll ask you right off the bat, what are your thoughts on the fact that there are going to be no off days during each postseason round? Well, my, Chase, that doesn't do well for the Yankees. That actually, it, the, the most interesting thing about it ends up becoming that you won't have the ability to throw a pitcher on short rest. So I think the example they gave is when you look at the past three World Series winners, I mean, last year it was comical how much Strasburg, Corbin, and Scherzer pitched. Um, but and, it was, Annabelle Sanchez was really good last year in the playoffs. He was good too, but the three of them, I think I read it was like 56% of the total postseason innings pitched. Um, but even if you go back the year before, the Red Sox, Sale, Evaldi, and David Price ate up innings for them. God, Evaldi. Um, remember Evaldi? Evaldi. Do you remember that Red Sox, when the Red Sox rotation had a, had a, a name you could recognize? Well, they still have Nate Evaldi. <laughs> you have two names you can recognize? <laughs> yes, I, I do remember. And going back to 2017, in that World Series run, uh, Verlander, Keuchel, McCullers, and Morden, they ate up a ton of innings. Um, it's funny you say that, though. I actually think, at least in the first round, it does benefit the Yankees because I think between Cole, Tanaka, and one of Hab and Debbie Garcia, those three games I'm not so worried about um, because the bullpen is healthy. Loaiza is back today. It's going to be as full strength as it is. You'll throw one of Happ or Debbie, whoever doesn't start, Montgomery in the pen. So I think the arms, they have the arms to withstand that. But yeah, in a seven-game series, um, not good for our Bronx Bombers. No. Um, you really need Garrett Cole to win every start. I think it comes down. Is it, is it that simple? Is that oversimplifying things? No. You paid Garrett Cole a gazillion dollars to be the ace, and he was dominant this week. I mean, that shutout against the Orioles. I didn't want to text you. I didn't want to jinx anything. You could tell that Cole was pissed from the week before. He was pissed how the team was doing, and then he went out and, for lack of a better phrase, shit down the Orioles' throat. He was dominant the entire Chase, game. Chase, you're a communications major? Communications. You have to have a better phrase than shits down the throat. Well, I finished a little bit early, so maybe in that second semester of my senior year, that was when they were going to teach you the phrase, to avoid the phrase I just used. Um, hopefully. So we'll get to the postseason bubble in a little bit. Um, it's our first show together in person in about six months. That's pretty cool. Uh, was it March 12th or March 13th-ish when Tom Hanks and Rudy Gobert set the world on fire? Uh, you're, I hate to, to call out your communications degree again, but you should probably use a phrase other than set the world on fire right now. <laughs> That's very fair. And I'm thinking of all my friends in California when I say that. And that's the worst part is I'm probably one of the only people I know that's, I'm not going to say survived the wildfire, but has at least experienced it, happened my senior year. 
And let me tell you, you and I, we've done hurricanes, snowstorms, um, I've slept through earthquakes before, wildfires are by far the scariest natural disaster I've ever been a part of. Earthquakes. We, uh, we spoke about an earthquake last week that uh, close to home, the, the 1964 quake in Seward. Well, it's crazy. Right now, the fires are so bad on the West Coast that the Mariners-Giants game today actually got postponed because the air quality in Seattle was so poor that they're playing a doubleheader in San Francisco tomorrow. Makes more sense. You, I can't imagine San Francisco is much. I mean, it's better. But is it much better? I don't know. I guess at this point in the season, baseball is just getting these games in wherever and however they can. It's true. you got to do what you can. Uh, we're going to get to our Bovada Sportsbook Picks of the Week in a little bit. Um, but first, it is number 79, Yankee number 79. And um, if you don't know this guy, I don't blame you. He was a Yankee for the first time this year. Uh, and that's Nick Nelson. Dick Nelson. Do you want to look up another number 79? I looked it up across sports. Uh, Rosie Brown. Hall of Fame offensive lineman was drafted in 1953 by the New York Giants. Nine-time Pro Bowl. Uh, I'm glad I didn't ask you who Rosie Brown is because as a Giants fan, it's really bad that I don't know who a Giants Hall of Famer is. I also don't know who he is. What year did he retire? Um, some point after 1953. At least nine seasons oh. after. All right, so this is like well before the AFL-NFL merger and modern football as we know it. Correct. This is when the Browns were still crushing football. He was in the 1950s all-decade team. Right, and what a team that was. Good good player then for sure. Uh, so we will go right into our standings. Get right into it because we got a lot of news this week. AL East, not a lot of movement. Rays 30-17 at first. Blue Jays 3.5 back at 26-20. and 20. Uh, A week ago we were talking about how the Yankees were absolutely screwed. And then they went on a five-game winning streak. Debbie Garcia shuts the door in Toronto. Four-game sweep of the Orioles. So the Blue Jays are now only a half game up on the Yankees. Orioles are now nine games back in the division, five out of the wild card, Red Sox in the cellar. Um, here's my question for you with ALEs. I mean, the Rays are going to win the division at this point. Do you think it is safe to say that the Yankees now with Stan and Urshela and Loaiza back today, although Glaber is sitting out, which is a little bit terrifying because Goggles Glaber was hitting the crap out of the ball. Judge is going to be back this weekend. Uh, and the Yankees open up a three-game set with Toronto uh, in about ten minutes. What do you think, are we going to catch the Blue Jays? You know what? I, we're a half game back, and we're a better team. So, yes, I do. I think we're going to win, what is that, a, how many games this series? I think this is, it's either three or four. Oh, we have seven games. We have seven left. left. I know. So it's either a three or four games. So let's, if we go four and three against them, that jumps them. And I think we can go four and three against them. I agree. I'm with you there. Uh, my follow-up question will be, this will be my last Yankees question for a little bit, but right now, Cole and Tanaka are lined up for Game 1 and Game 2 of whoever we play in the postseason. You are going to have then the choice between Hap, the veteran, Montgomery, the youngster, or Debbie Garcia, uh, who pitched above Double A for the first time this year, but has looked really good as a Yankee. Is it too soon to give Debbie the ball in Game 3 of the playoffs? I think you manage that game, you give half the first time through the order. I like that. And then you hope you put some runs on the board and then can 
maybe you get a couple innings out of Devi, then turn it over to the pen. Let me ask you this follow-up question, and I know I'm contradicting myself yet again. Given that it's going to be a three-game series, do you think there's any credence with Garrett Cole going game one? You're hoping you're going to win that game. You save Tanaka for game three and go hat Devi bullpen game two? Or if you no. go up one nothing, you just want to drop I, the hammer yeah, and end it with Tanaka? I, th- no, there's, th- that, that's not a terrible thought. It's just you can't. In a three-game series, you don't want to... You don't want to end up in a do-or-die game. You never want to end up in a baseball do-or-die game if you have the chance to finish them off, finish them off. I agree with that. Moving to the AL Central, uh, you have the American League leading number one seed Chicago White Sox in first, 31-16. and 16. Twins, two back, 30-19. Indians, they are also in the playoffs, 26-21, five back. Then you have the Tigers and Royals rounding out the division, five-and-a-half, six-and-a-half back of the wild card, respectively. This is going back a little bit, and I don't remember, so I'm going to just ask you, what do you think it would have been? What do you think the Bavada odds would have been going into the season that the Chicago White Sox would finish the year with the number one overall seed in the American League? Plus, plus, I don't know why I'm thinking so much, plus 5,000, at least. Because I think coming into the season, they were at best between behind the Yankees. I would say the Yankees, Rays, Twins, A's, Astros, Indians, honestly. So they're probably... The White Sox, at best, were the seventh best team in the AL, which is smack dab in the middle of the pack. Let me check my preseason standings. Yeah, get the preseason standings up. I always hold myself accountable for all my predictions. And I wish I could say the same. I'd have a much better betting track record. And, of course, all I have are notes on pharmaceuticals. We will get those notes, though, by the end of the show. Um, my other question is, who do you think would have had better odds on Bavada to finish with the best record in their respective league? The White Sox, or would you say the San Diego Padres, who are now only one and a half games back of the Dodgers, not just for the division, but the best record in the American League? Or the- National League, excuse me. The Padres probably had better odds, uh, just because after the. I mean, I'm just thinking back to preseason. The Dodgers were the clear number one team in the NL, and the Yankees were the number one team in the AL, just because Bovada has to skew odds around to adjust for Yankees fans betting on their team heavy. Uh, So I'd say Padres, just because there was less of a logjam at the top, but both were long shot odds. All right, so we are now, again, two weeks left in the season. Do you think the White Sox have the ammo to close this out? 100%. They're the best lineup in baseball. Very quick answer. Uh, and I have to agree. And I think part of that is the Twins. I mean, we've talked about Kenta Maeda a lot in the league leaders. He has been everything the Twins could have asked for and more. But Berrios, I think, has taken a slight step back. But then behind him, Odorizzi, Rich Hill, nothing inspires me too much. Donaldson's been in and out of the lineup. Um, but like you just said, I mean, that White Sox team – with their lineup, the craziest thing is this lineup is going to be intact for literally years to come. I had the White Sox projected going 36-24, and 24, fourth best record in the American League. If they don't eclipse, what would you say, 36? Yeah. So if they don't win six more games the rest of the year, um, A, your prediction is very good, but B, that means they had a terrible end to the season. Yeah. I had them tied with Cleveland. So moving to the AL West, Oakland 30-18, and 18, second best record in the AL, 6.5 up on the Astros at 23-24. and 24. 
And this is where the two top two teams getting a top six seed, it skews based on the competitiveness of your division because the Astros are a game above below 500, uh, but right now would be a higher seed than both the Yankees and the Indians. I also hold myself accountable. Dusty Baker, manager of the year. Not going to happen. It, not manager of the year, but you know what? Verlander's throwing a simulated game this week. If they get him back for the postseason and then throw out Verlander, Greinke, uh, Franzer Valdez, and McCullers, anything could happen. Which one of us had the Astros winning the World Series? Not me. That was me. The last FU Manfred can give baseball. Did I pick the Dodgers or the Yankees? You're a homer. I'm a homer, but the Dodgers are my adopted National League team, and I'm also a realist, and I know how good they were. Which one was my adopted national? I think it was the Padres, because I love Machado. Big shout-out to Machado. And we're going to get to Machado in a little bit, because uh, after we do the standings in each division, uh, we're at we're at the, a little over the three-quarter way mark, so we're going to do an awards recap. But AL West, Mariners 22-26, four and a half out of a playoff spot. Angels and Rangers rounding out the division. Nice season for Seattle. I was going to say, all things considered... I think the teams who aren't going to make the playoffs but have to be very happy are the Mariners and the Orioles because these were supposed to be bottom-level teams. And the fact that they're, I mean, again, four and a half, five games out, they're probably not going to make the playoffs. But the fact that in the middle of September they're even in the hunt, you have to be pretty content if you are a fan of one of those franchises. Uh, They both surpassed my projected win totals. So, you know, not, not terrible out of me, but, you know, Account- accountability is key. All right, let's do the awards in the American League at the three-quarters mark. MVP. I, I mean, look, I think statistically it's Mike Trout, but... I, it's not Trout. That's a last-place team. or no, They're not last-place anymore. But for them not to be competitive, again, with Rendon, who's also kind of has a sneaky... If he played 162, I could see him get at the MVP, but... Rendon's had an absolutely incredible year. I mean, Bieber, he became the fastest pitcher this week to reach 100 strikeouts of the season, 62 and a third. He topped Max Scherzer, 63 innings pitch in 2018. Um, Bieber, I still think, might be the front runner, but I think if we're going to give it to an offensive player, Friday he had the first five run and seven ribby game in White Sox history. And a guy who we've talked about is sort of being perennially underlooked. If they finish as the one seed, I think Jose Abreu may be your MVP. I would say it's between him and Bieber at this point. Um, And you nailed it. If he keeps doing what he's doing on the best team in the league, you got to give it to him, right? I mean, or his teammate. Tim Anderson. Your boy. Tim Anderson does have a higher wins above replacement. He plays a more demanding position at shortstop. I just think Abreu will get it because when two guys are on the same team, I think they give it to the guy with – even in the age of sabermetrics and analytics, the guy with the sexier counting stats. And it's um, it's not so much a career achievement MVP for Jose, but it's um, you give it to the face of the franchise. Kind of like the year they gave it to McCutcheon, the face of the franchise on a team that's been struggling forever. Uh, they finally got they right the ship, and you give it to the captain. Other two awards in the American League. I mean, Rookie of the Year, I think Kyle Lewis of the Mariners has pretty much locked this up with Luis Robert uh, slumping. Let's go to Manager of the Year, though. Uh, we had our predictions kind of all over the place. Kevin Cash. I, has Kevin Cash ever won it? I feel like the answer has got to no. be yes. I don't believe so. I'll, 
So I'm going to say Kevin Cash, or I think you got to recognize the fact that Rick Renteria has his team way overachieving ahead of time uh, and as the number one seed of the American League. So I would say Rick Renteria. I probably agree, but uh, don't sleep on Montoya in uh, Toronto. I agree, especially if they finish in front of the Yankees. And he has uh, cash and has not one manager of the year. Interesting. Moving to the National League, the Braves are in front, 28-20 and 20 in the East, two and a half up on the Marlins. And I'm just going to jump ahead. I think you're now manager of the year, given A, that they're in the playoff hunt, but B, survived the corona scare of the season, uh, has got to be Dom Manningly. Uh, they right now are in the playoffs, two and a half up, two and a half back at the Braves. Phillies are also in the playoffs, 23-23. and 23. Uh, they are half a game up on the wild card spot. Mets twenty one and twenty six. Nats seventeen and twenty eight. I give the Braves credit. It seems like every day a different pitcher goes down for them. Although they're going to get Max Fried back. Seems like every day they hit a million home runs. But I mean, we're going to go deep down at the end of the show. They set the NL record with twenty nine runs in the game, which was outrageous to follow. Uh, just, I mean, twenty nine to nine. That's probably more of a football score than even the twenty three to five game that the Giants and Rockies played a few weeks back. What was the score of the Giants-Steelers last night? 26-16. Does that sound right? Um, 26-16, yeah. And it was also that game was a score-gami. It was the first time in baseball history that you had a 29-9 final score. Cross it off your uh, cross it off your list. Any other comments you have for the NL East? I mean, one of my big takeaways are every time I watch the Mets, the Grom is... That's a very realistic shot of three Cy Youngs in a row. And all that team does is hit the ball from top to bottom. And it's just kind of mind-numbing that they're still five games below 500. Uh, DeGrom. DeGrom's going to win three Cy Youngs and have less than 30 wins across the seasons. It's unbelievable. And I think we talked about this last week, but can we agree the consensus biggest disappointment in baseball, Washington Nationals? They're disappointing from afar, but I'm sure any, if you talk to any Nationals fan, they'd say, they'd hit you with, though, we got the ring, uh, Fugaz season anyway, Strasburg was hurt. Scherzer just, Scherzer has... He's had a weird year. He's got a lot of strikeout numbers are yeah. there, but the ERA is very high. A lot of homers. I'm curious to know what his FIP is, the fielding independent pitching. I'm sure it's very low. Uh, similar to how Garrett Coles is, because if you give up homers but don't do, give up a whole lot else, it crushes your ERA, but your fielding independent pitching looks really good. Um, National League Central, Cubs 28-20. and 20, They are four up on the Cardinals at 500. The Reds, one game back of the wild card, 23-26. and 26. Brewers, Pirates riding out that division. Uh, to me, the Cubs, it's going to take a lot for them to blow this in David Ross's first year as a manager for them not to win the Central at this point. They will win the Central. Have you looked, though? It's amazing. And those, I know we don't like to talk about them on the show. But over-under playoff appearances this decade for the Pirates, one and a half. I'm going under, honestly. I think the culture is much better with Derek Shelton. It's just you look at that roster now, there's not any young talent currently on the roster that's exciting, and there's just it doesn't seem like there's anything coming down the pipeline. Like, you look at a team like Baltimore or Seattle, you know there's good players coming. Seattle has Jared Kalenic, Julio Rodriguez, Taylor Trammell, the Orioles, Adley Rushman. Um, it just doesn't seem like that that's the case for the Pirates. So, yeah, I'm going to go under. I had the Pirates finishing 17 and 43. 
at 14 and 32 right now, that do they go three and 11 the rest of the season? It's certainly possible. Accountability. We talk about two guys who are disappointing. Uh, one, and again, it's not a real fault of his own, but this Brewers team has really suffered because of Yelich this year. Uh, he's certainly underperforming compared to the past two seasons. But one big cause of concern for the Cubs, can you look up Chris Bryant's numbers right now so that I don't underestimate how bad they've been? Because I want to say he's hitting like 80 on the season. Which, if you're, A, the Cubs isn't great for the future, but B, if you're Chris Bryant especially, uh, and you're a year away from free agency, this is not good, even in an abbreviated season. Well, he's hitting over, it's over 80. Okay, 200. It's 200 even. With a 593 OPS. Better than 80. Better than 80, but still not good. Uh, and in the National League West, Dodgers at 33 and 15. Uh, Kershaw threw six last night, was looking like he was going to cement himself as a Cy Young favorite. Uh, but then the Padres broke through. Big win against the Dodgers last night. They got two more games in their current series. Padres one and a half back of the Dodgers. Giants nine and a half back, but are in the playoffs at 23 and 24. Rockies, Diamondbacks rounding out the division there. I think the Giants, even if they don't make the playoffs, a lot of great silver linings. Mike Yastrzemski really hitting. Donovan's uh, credit to Kapler. Credit to Kapler. I, I think he just got off to a bad start in Philly. Um, and I think with Farzan... In San Francisco, you're with like-minded individuals. I think that goes a long way in terms of the comfort level. But let me ask you, do you think the Padres are going to catch the Dodgers? I wouldn't I wouldn't think so, but that's more faith. A lot of faith in both of these teams. I just think the Dodgers are going to win enough to keep their, keep their distance. All right, before we look at the full postseason standings. Oh, we didn't do our Matt Kemp update of the week, Chase. You tried to skip out on it. Get the Matt Kemp update of the week. It's ready. Let's hear it. Four games, 16 at-bats, four hits, two dingers. You like the dingers. Seven Ks. We focus on the home runs. That's the good part. Two dingers, six homers. Up. Matt Kemp, significantly better season than Chris Bryant. What a crazy, crazy concept. Um, NL award picks through three quarters of the year. Uh, these are all tough. So let's start with manager of the year. Do we agree on Mattingly? <laughs> I'm going to give it to Tingler. Also very fair. NL Rookie of the Year, I'm going to go Jake Cronworth. I would agree. Now MVP and Cy Young. Uh, to me, it's a three-person race on the NL West. Uh, right now, as, as exciting as Tatis has been, I think if anybody on the Padres is going to win the MVP, it is Machado. That would be sweet. All that said, though, I think this, plain and simple, comes down to who finishes it first in the West. If the Padres come in first, I think it's Machado. If the Dodgers come in first, I think it's Mookie. Um, I'll take the third guy. I, I think they're going to give it to Tatis just because... Just for the narrative? Narrative. It might be a, an influenced vote to try and get the new face of baseball. NL Cy Young. It's between Darvish, Bieber... Or excuse me, Darvish, Bauer. Another killer B from Cleveland. Uh, and DeGrom. DeGrom's currently leading the league in strikeouts in ERA. Bauer's leading in FIP. And Darvish has just been consistently good all season. Uh, went head-to-head -head with Bauer this past week. Gave up three runs. It was by far his worst start of the year. I think Darvish is going to win it. I think DeGrom will have the best numbers when all is said and done. I just think at a certain point, like you said, the voters are going to be hard to justify that DeGrom would be a three-time Cy Young winner with less than 30 wins. Uh, I do think you're going to see a little bit of voter fatigue here. 
Um, but the biggest thing for me is Darvish's numbers are competitive. And if you're the ace on this Cubs team that a lot of people didn't necessarily think we're going to finish first in the division. I had them at 26 and 34. All the more reason I think Darvish ends up as your NSI. Yeah. I think they're going to give it to DeGrom again. I think his numbers are going to be too good. I also, with two weeks left, who's most likely to have a really bad start? Darvish. Darvish, I think, is most prone to a blow-up of those three. Uh, postseason seedings, the season... Bauer's pretty uh, prone to blow-ups. But not on the mound, I would say. Not in terms of pitching ability. His just, numbers won't blow up. He just might have like a mental breakdown on the mound. Right now, if the season ended today, these would be your playoff matchups. The 1-8, White Sox and Indians. 2-7, Yanks, Rays. Uh, 3-6, A's, Astros. And 4-5 would be Twins and Blue Jays. I think by far the least exciting of that seat, of those series would be Twins and the Blue Jays. The Twins. The Twins snuck. If it ended today, the Twins would be in a great spot. But, I mean, White Sox, Indians, Yanks, and the Rays, and the Astros, and the A's, those would be three incredible uh, interdivisional matchups. You don't, if you're the White Sox, you do not want to face the Indians in a three-game series. You're hoping the Yankees catch the Blue Jays badly. I mean, you're, if you're any of those teams, you don't want to face... You don't want to have to face Bieber in game and if, one. And if you're the Twins, you are hoping the Blue Jays hold off the Yankees badly. Badly. I mean, and it, I, the, I think the Astros beat the A's. Without Chapman, that Chapman injury... That's a, huge. That's a big blow. I mean, they signed Jake Lamb, but again, that's not nearly as good of a replacement. I mean, we'll, we'll get into that right now. Uh, Matt Chapman, who... There's probably a handful of players that you and I have ever watched that are so good defensively that they can change a game. Um, I would say Yachty behind the dish in his prime, Simmons at short, uh, and Matt Chapman. He's getting hip surgery. He's out for the year. I mean, offensively... A-Rod would say uh, Gio Urshela. Which is crazy. Uh, the 27-year-old Chapman, again, the numbers this year were fine. 232, 276, 535, uh, 10 homers, 25 ribbies. But again, he was a cleanup hitter. Um, but 82 defensive run saves the past few years. Leads all major league players. Uh, and again, this guy just rakes with his glove. Do you think this injury is so big, uh, not only from an on-the-field standpoint, but from a leadership standpoint, that the A's are now on the hot seat to get bounced in the first round? Yeah. I also don't like them. Uh, I, don't like their, I don't like their pitching. I don't like their rotation going up against the Astros. If they get Verlander back, if, if the Astros are throwing out Verlander and Granke, they're going to beat the A's. It would be Verlander, Greinke, and honestly probably Valdez over McCullers at this point against Jesus Lazardo, Frankie Montas. Everyone's favorite. And I don't even know who their third starter would be at this point. Is Zito still oh, playing probably for them? Chris Bassett. I should know that. He's on my fantasy team. Not Zito? Not Zito, Mulder, or Hudson. be a good time to have Zito, Mulder, Hudson. be a very good time indeed. Uh, National League playoff matchup season end today, 1-8 Dodgers-Giants. 2-7 Cubs-Phillies, 3-6 Braves-Cardinals, and the 4-5 Padres and the Marlins. This may be a bad question. Have the Dodgers and Giants played in the postseason since they both moved to California? I don't know the answer. But my gut says no, because I don't remember it in the wild card era, and prior to that, when there were only two teams meeting for the pennant pre-95, they would have been in the same division. Something to look forward to for uh, 
a lot of old people. I mean, of these matchups, I think the Dodgers sweep the Giants. I like the Cubs against the Phillies, especially with Wheeler hurt at the moment. Uh, Braves. Cubs. I kind of like the Phillies in an upset there. Interesting. I mean, Nola's back, and they're hitting. I honestly wouldn't be surprised if the Phillies come out of the NL. That's a hot take. What does Bovada have for the Phillies to come out of the NL? I'm going to uh, check the futures right now and see what's what there. Because you, you think Harper just goes on a tear? Uh, league winner, Phillies plus 1700 If you got $10 laying around, that's not a bad use of them. Other matchups, uh, I think the Braves, Cardinals, the Braves, I think, exact revenge for last year's series. Uh, and the Padres, Marlins, in a weird way, you may almost hope if you're the Padres that you get the Marlins. How is that a weird way at all? The Marlins, more, like, if they make it, more power to them. But uh, at the end of the day, it's still the Marlins. I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, six to, the thing is the Marlins have some power arms. Sixto Sanchez, Pablo Lopez, Sandy Alcantara. Uh, and I'd honestly rather face the Kevin Gausmans of the world for the Giants than any of those Marlins power arms. I'm doing a quick... Uh... So the Marlins in their playoff history have played the Giants twice, the Braves, and the Cubs. So on your playoff agami, if the Marlins get in, we're probably going to cross something else off. Yeah, it would be it would be what the third time in franchise history. And you know what they say about the Marlins once they get in, anything could happen. Uh, before we get to our league leaders, we are going to now do our Bavada picks of the week. Uh, we're going to pick three games that all have pretty heavy playoff in, uh, implications. The first one: Twins and the White Sox. Randy Dobnik on the mound for the Twins in Chicago against Dane Dunning. Uh, Bavada has this at plus one and a half, minus one eighty-two for the Twins, plus one hundred eight. Minus one and a half, plus 150, minus 127 for the White Sox. Actually did bet on this game. Uh, I think Randy Dobnik, the smoke and mirrors have ended. So give me the White Sox, minus 127. Yeah, I'd have to take the White Sox. Uh, I didn't really listen to the pitching matchup. You just think the White Sox are hot? Who's pitching? Dane Dunning. Oh, no, never mind. Give me, give, me, give me Uber. Rex Specs, battle of the Rex Specs in this game. Uh, not a must watch by any stretch of the imagination. In the central region, you have the playoff Indians and Carlos Carrasco playing Hugh Darvish and the Cubs in Chicago. Uh, Bavada has this at plus one and a half, minus 152, plus 140 for the Tribe, minus one and a half, plus 128, minus 165 for the Cubs. What is, did you say the Indians were on a winning streak or a losing streak? Six-game losing streak. Give me Darvish, minus 165 then. But Chase, what do we always say about teams on losing streaks? They're due. So give me Carrasco. All right. Fair enough. Money line or run Money line, line money line, money line. Plus 140. All right, last game we're going to pick. Big game out west, Dodgers-Padres in San Diego. Tony Gotzman on the bone for the Dodgers. Zach Davies for the Padres. And Bavada has this at minus 1.5, plus 133, minus 127 for the Dodgers. Plus 1.5, minus 157, plus 110 for the Padres. I have Tony Gotzman going right now in the fantasy playoffs. Um... So I think this is going to be a low-scoring game. I think the Dodgers are going to be pissed after last night. So give me pods, plus one and a half, minus 157. I'm going to have to take the pods. Uh, the pods just win. They're hot. They are hot. Uh, never mind. I'm, can I ch- is it too late to change my bet? It's, the game doesn't tip for another tip. 
First pitch is for another 45 minutes or so, so you got time. Um, well, I think Mookie's going to hit some homers tonight. Okay. And I think I said that last week, and I believe he did hit some homers that night. So, Mookie hitting homers at a Dodgers win. It's a very, very fair pick. Moving to the league leaders, uh, Tatis leading baseball in runs at 46. Your hits leader, Trey Turner, with 64. Doubles leader, Dom Smith of the Mets, 17. That's really the silver lining, I think, for the Mets with Cespedes opted out, is Dom Smith's proven he's a legit big league talent. The, Cesp- the, silver, the silver lining when Cespedes opted out was they didn't have to play Cespedes. Also true. Uh, your home run leader right now, you have the best player in baseball, Mike Trout, 16. Unlikely hero for the Yankees, Luke Voigt at 16. And a 40-year-old, Nelson Cruz, at 16. And if the Twins come back and win the Central, I'm throwing my hat into the ring for Nelson Cruz, MVP. It's tough to win the MVP with a Royds, uh, with Royds on your resume. That is true. It's also tough to win the MVP when you single-handedly lose the World Series for your team on your resume. You know, you, I think, harbor more ill will to that than a lot of people I know. Well, I don't know why it doesn't get brought up enough. He lost the World Series because he couldn't catch a fly ball. I, I agree. I'm just stating the facts. Uh, oh, another guy I want to throw in for the NL MVP, uh, Freddie Freeman. He probably won't win, but uh, he's second to Abreu with 44 ribbies, 11 home runs, 345 average, 462 on base. So, so fun to watch. Uh, your walks leader in baseball right now, Carlos Santana with 39. Your average leader, Tim Anderson, 369. If Anderson hits 369 with a 408 on base, I'm going to be honest, I think he wins the MVP. I take back everything I said earlier about Abreu. I said Anderson. I, I, 369, that's a high average, even that's in 60 games. OBP Freeman, 462. Your slugging leader is Nelson Cruz at 652. And your OPS leader across baseball, Freddie Freeman, 1.105. Any takeaways there that we didn't touch on that you want to get on the offensive side of things? Freeman is similar to Abreu, where they've just been really good for really long. I said to my dad the other day, um, who does Freddie Freeman remind you of the most? And he said, this is, this is the modern era Don Mattingly up there. Lefty bat, good glove at first, and just seems like has professional at-bats every single time. And he had the coronavirus real bad. Overcame it, and is right in the MVP discussion. Pitching side of things, Bieber, Darvish, and Zach Davies tied for first with seven wins. ERA is still Bieber, 1.53. Your shutouts leader, and this is interesting, Bauer, two complete games, two shutouts. They were both in seven-inning doubleheaders, but years from now, people will not remember that. Your saves leader is Brad Hand and Liam Hendricks, tied for 12. Innings pitch leader is Lance Lynn. Got to work in Lance Lynn. 71.1 innings pitched. Uh, This, to me, is where Bieber cements himself maybe in the MVP discussion. So Bauer is second in baseball, first in the National League with 83 strikeouts. And Bieber, in six more innings, has 19 more strikeouts than Bauer. Uh, Really incredible there. And your whip leader is still Kenta Maeda at .74. Any pitching takeaways there? Nah, just uh, just Bieber. Just Bieber doing his thing. Bieber doing his thing. All right, we had a pitcher do his thing this weekend, and it was incredibly unlikely. Uh, On Sunday afternoon, Alec Mills authored the 17th no-hitter in Cubs history in a 12-0 victory against the Brewers at Miller Park. 
Uh, great story here for Alec Mills. He was once a walk-on at the University of Tennessee in Martin, uh, now finds himself alongside Jake Arrieta, Carlos Zambrana, Ken Holtzman, and others in the list of Cubs no-hitters. He's a 22nd round pick in 2012 and was required for the Royals uh, in a February 2017 trade that Harley registered on the hot stove. Wasn't even supposed to be in the rotation this year, uh, but a preseason injury to Jose Quintana got him up in the rotation. It was the Cubs' first no-hitter since Jake Arrieta's on April 21st, 2016, and the Cubs' second no-hitter at Miller Park following Zambrano's no-hitter. Uh, this was really interesting. Pitched a lot to contact, uh, nine innings. He only struck out five, walked three in an 114-pitch uh, performance. The five swinging strikes for Mills tied Dallas Braden's perfect game for the fewest in a no-no uh, since Stats LLC began tracking pitches in 1988. Uh, really, there wasn't a lot of close contact here. Give Mills a ton of credit for producing weak contact the whole game. It was a second no-hitter of 2020 and the second by a Chicago team after Lucas Giolito of the White Sox no-hit the Pirates in August. Uh, to me, the two craziest things of this are, one, this was only Mills' 15th major league start, and he only completed six innings, and six of those with a career high of seven, which is the third fewest starts to a pitcher's career, first career no-hitter in Cubs history. Um, but also, David Ross is now the third skipper in the past two years and the 12th ever um, to both catch and manage a no-hitter. Uh, any takeaway from the Mills no-hitter uh, really anchored what was an incredible day of sports. French, or excuse me, the U.S. Open went five. Oh, incredible week, but I'm saying Sunday in particular. I said oh. week because you said French. A week. O-U-I. I got gotcha. you. Week. You had the U.S. Open go five sets, a no-hitter, football was back, uh, and the Clippers blew it against the Nuggets who forced game seven. That's going on tonight. I give Mills credit and... I guess you got to give credit to the Cubs front office because this is another guy that Theo kind of unearthed and he ended up throwing a no-hitter. Theo is good at what he does and has been for quite some time. Can I Can I go right into Albert? I well, got to go right into Albert. Well, let me get my transition because you actually teed me up. I know, I know, I know. I, someone who has been great at what he does for a very long time. We've been talking about it now for weeks and weeks. When is Pujols? going to hit number 660 in Ty Willie Mays. Uh, he was entering a 22-game dry spell entering Sunday. Hadn't homered since number 659 on August 4th. 93 plate appearances. 659 a was a bomb. Too. 93 plate appearances without a homer, which is his longest streak since 2014. But on Sunday, he hit career home run number 660, tying him for fifth place uh, with Willie Mays on the all-time home run list. And not only that, it was a two-run homer off of reliever Carlos Estevez in the eighth, which gave the Angels a one-run lead in an eventual 5-3 win at Coors Field. 1-1 fastball, 402 feet. This is the machine. This is Albert. I mean, again, so many milestones. He's over 3,000 hits. Recently passed A-Rod for second on the all-time ribby list. Recently passed Craig Biggio for fifth on the all-time doubles list with 669. Only player ever, 650 homers, 650 doubles. Uh, which my question for you is, you and I talked about it a little bit last night watching the Giants game. Is Albert Pujols the greatest right-handed hitter to ever play baseball? We laid out the case last night. There's definitely a case to be made. But it's a case that's going to have to be made after he retires. I think it's him or Hank Aaron. I'd probably go Hank I mean, the end of this Pujols career. We're the last, I feel like we're the last people on Pujols Island. I mean, I think the city of Anaheim has kind of forced, been forced to be. Um, but I, to me, I said this to you last night, I think the three, if you ask me who the three greatest hitters ever are, they're all, all three are left-handed. Uh, Babe Ruth, Barry Bonds, Ted Williams. So there. I still think he's right. You keep saying that. 
I mean, you can look it up to confirm. Well, he still is a righty, but I had to throw him in on the left. He's so good that he can, he's one of the best left hitters. You haven't even seen him hit lefty. But, I, I just yeah. think when you compare Pujols, Mays, and Aaron, I think Mays was an unbelievable hitter, but so much of Mays' mystique was tied into the fact that he's the greatest defensive center fielder ever. Uh, I think if you look at just offensive numbers, I would take Pujols over Mays. Uh, and then where it gets interesting is Pujols and Hank Aaron because Hank Aaron maybe didn't have the peak Pujols did, but was the most consistent baseball player of all time. Uh, and at the end of the day... You'd probably go with Aaron's consistency over... All those, all those categories that a lot of Pujols is second in, he's second in ribbies to Hank Aaron. Hank Aaron, not number one, but number two on the home run leaderboard, first among right-handed hitters. But the fact that we could say we watched a player... Uh, for his entire career, that is in the discussion for the greatest right-handed hitter of all time. We watched A-Rod. And we watched A-Rod. I mean, we watched Manny. We watched a lot of great right-handed hitters. But Love Manny. Pujols, we're pumped you finally got to 660. Manny, Manny over in Australia, yep. We're glad that Pujols got to 660. Manny being Aussie. Manny being Aussie. What a crazy, crazy expression. Can I read this? There's a great article on MLB.com. So Pujols... That 660th home run came on the same day as the Alec Mills no-hitter. I read this article, and I'm glad you brought it up because I didn't include it in the notes. It's, it's pretty wild. It's wild. So when Pujols, when Pujols does something great, something amazing happens somewhere else in baseball. When Pujols got his 3,000th hit, that same day, Walker Bueller started a combined no-hitter for the Dodgers. That's one. When Pujols hit his 600th home run... Edison Volquez threw a no-hitter for the Marlins. And then there's some more. But that is just a... I can't find it. I can't read. Chase, I forgot how to read. It happens. That's why we're a podcast. We're an audio show. But great, great article if you find it on MLB.com. If you search MLB.com, Albert Pools, it's the first one that comes up. Another all-time great I want to give a shout-out to. Uh, this past Wednesday was Roberto Clemente Day. Uh, all Puerto Rican players were permitted to wear Clemente's number 21 in honor of the late Pirates legend. Uh, Pirates players and coaches, they all wore Clemente's 21. Obviously, he played his entire career uh, in Pittsburgh. The humanitarian Clemente we know. I mean, there's a reason the MLB's Man of the Year Award is the Roberto Clemente Award. I have some hot takes on that, but not so much for the MLB. I think the NFL should rename the Walter Payton Man of the Year. To the Pat Tillman Man of the Year? No, I have, I have, I have some insight into Walter Payton that would make you think he is not the Man of the Year. How bad? <laughs> um, I'll, I'll tease it and say, if the Walter Payton shit went public, people would not be looking at Tiger Woods the way they do. It's, uh, it's not great. It's certainly not great. What a tease. <laughs> what an absolute tease. Um, but we know about Clemente off the field. Uh, and on the field, I mean, again, he was going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer no matter when he finished his career. But this is going to sound crazy, but looking through history, is it possible that Clemente is somehow underrated in the echelon of 100%. I mean, you look at his career numbers, 94.8. No matter what you want to point to, incredible. 94.8 war, exactly 3,000 hits, hit 240 home runs, 317 average, over 1,400 runs, over 1,300 ribbies, career OPS of 834, 130 OPS plus, um, MVP, 15-time All-Star, 
four-time batting champ, 12-time gold glove. And when you talk about the great, like the inner circle greats of all time. And he wasn't even brought up as greatest right-handed hitter. I feel like Clemente doesn't get the love that he deserves. Uh, especially given the fact that, I mean, his last season I when think, he passed I, away. I think it's, um, I think that a lot of that has to do with lack of power. And usually when you look back historically, it's, it's the power guys that get it. And he did die young. He died in the middle of his career, so he doesn't have... I mean, he was definitely on the back end. He was 37, but he was going to play a few more years. That last year, 10 homers, 60 ribbies, hit 312, 835 OPS, uh, and won a gold glove. I mean, he was going to get to 3,500 hits instead of 3,000, which makes a difference. That, that certainly makes a difference, but I wanted to just give Clemente a love, a little bit of love, because I do feel like, in a weird way, history, while acknowledging how great he is, has statistically kind of forgotten about him a little bit. 94.8 war is also wild. A lot of triples. How many career triples? 166. That's a lot of career triples. i got to look up record for most triples. I want to say... I'd say Ricky if I had to guess. I'm going to say Chuck Klein. There's my dartboard toss. You should have gone for a different dartboard. The answer is Sam Crawford. Mm, How many? 309. That's a lot of triples. Stan the Man. 20th, 177. Stan the Man, sneaky wheels, I guess. Ty Cobb, second. Also, no Man of the Year awards. Going to be named after Ty Cobb. No Man of the Year for sure. Honus Wagner, third. I'm just trying to look up. A lot of these triples were, uh, uh, I might have to like sort this to like players that have color pictures. The modern era. <laughs> yeah. Or the live ball era, even. Yeah, no one. Uh, I mean, Cobb is modern era enough. Or live ball era, at least. I mean, I don't, Chase, I've never heard of a lot of these people. Jake Beckley? Don't know. Rattle off some. Here's here's a good test. Give me the top five, and if I don't know, let's say three of the five, it's tough. Sam Crawford, I know. Ty Cobb, I know. So we got two. Mahonis Wagner. Okay. Jake Beckley. Don't know him. Roger Connor. Don't really know him. Tris Speaker. Tris, I know. Fred Clark. Don't know. Probably Dan, in the Hall of Fame, but don't know him. Dan Brothers. Definitely don't know him. Joe Kelly. Not current Dodgers pitchers, who I don't like. I hope he wasn't also frowning back in the day. Paul Paul Wayner? Paul Wayner, I know. He's a, a Pirates Hall of Famer. What about 11th place? Bid McPhee. Is Ed Delahanty anywhere on this list? He's 13th. All right, let's cut it at 13. Ed Delahanty, lucky number 13. That's the perfect vibes, the perfect juju. Let's cut it there. Not to be uh, overlooked, Eddie Collins is 12th. Eddie Collins, uh, Hall of Fame second baseman, White Sox and A's. That's a pretty good argument as the best statistical second baseman of all time. Four-time World Series champ. Like a crazy average and crazy Crazy war. Hits, right? Yeah. 123. All right, so I'm not talking out of my ass. Eddie Collins is as good as I thought he was. Eddie Collins. Hey, he was born in Millerton, New York. The more you know. What the hell is Millerton, New York? Look at this rabbit hole we can go on live on the podcast. Quick score update uh, in New York. Yankees up 2-1, bottom of the second. Yeah, we're close to Millerton. I know what we're doing next weekend. Where is it? Where's Millerton? Dutchess County. Oh, wait, are we not close to Dutch? The camp is close to New York. Camp is close to Millerton, New York. It sounds like we're going to go give our camp owner, Dave Fleischner, a call if he's still up there and say, Dave, we're going on a road trip. We are going to the birthplace of Eddie Collins. And let me tell you, he will be all in. There's no scenario where he says no to that. 
It's very close to. It's very close to camp. Love it. The more you know, you learn something new every day on this podcast. Uh, something new that we're going to see this year is not only the postseason bracket, but the MLB announced today that there's going to be a postseason bubble. Uh, and the way that that is going to look, it's a 40-minute drive from camp. 30-minute drive. It's nothing. It's like a walk. Already there. So in the bubble, they announced what the playoff is going to look like, and it is as follows. So this is pretty sweet. So from September 29th, pretty much through when the World Series would end, uh, on October 28th, Game 7, you're pretty much going to have baseball every single day. Uh, within series, this is new. There are going to be no days off in between games. Uh, teams will have to decide whether to use a traditional five-man rotation or four starting pitchers with the potential for as many as three of them pitching on short rest. Uh, each series will be preceded by at least one day off, the more possible, depending on when each series is completed. Uh, the 116th World Series is going to begin on Tuesday, October 20th at Globe Life Field in Arlington with the potential Game 7 again scheduled for October 28th. So the wild card series are beginning to begin in the American League on Tuesday, September 28th, National League Wednesday, September 30th. Those are going to be hosted by the higher seed, but then from there we are heading into a bubble. Uh, the division series in the American League will be played in San Diego and Los Angeles, while the NL division series will take place in Arlington and Houston, California and Texas. Uh, and the AL 1-8 will face the, the winner of the 1-8 will face the winner of the 4-5 matchup at Petco Park in San Diego. 2-7 and 3-6 will square off at Dodger Stadium. Uh, and in the National League, Global Life Field in Arlington will get 1-8 and 4-5 in the NL Wild Card. So they're not they're not reseeding. Not reseeding. And the winner of 2-7, 3-6. Uh, San Diego will then get the ALCS. And Arlington is then going to get the NLCS as well as the World Series. Um, so I give them credit. They are using the new stadium in Texas to its fullest capacity. They're gonna. The Rangers won't be in it, but Texas will be hosting a World Series. Uh, and I think one important note... And has, Nelson Cruz won't blow it for the Rangers. Nelson Cruz won't blow it for the Rangers. Might blow it for the Twins. No, he probably won't. He DHs no, He'll down. be DHing. Uh, one holdup, potential holdup on this was going to be families' involvement, uh, but families will be permitted to quarantine with players not contenders for seven days leading into the postseason, then remain together for the entirety of the playoff run. Families who choose that option will be considered part of the bubble, and families will also have the option to enter bubbles uh, prior to the later series. Family and managers, families and managers and coaches are not covered by the deal. Uh, there will not be enough capacity in hotels for them initially, but as the field narrows, uh, there might be room for them, and all inside bubbles will be tested daily. Look, I give them credit. This bubble, I think it's the best shot they have at completing the postseason. I don't know if Texas and California are the best places to do it, given that they're hot spots, but they do have the stadium capacity. Um, I think this is going to be really cool. My only worry is, do you think there's going to be any issues getting from the wild card round, the best of three, in all these different teams' home facilities to then the division series round and the bubble? Um, Chase, I hate to interrupt what was the last Yankee score update you gave? Oh, it's 7-1 all of a sudden? That yeah. means Luke Voigt just hit a grand slam. And and by Luke Voigt hitting a grand slam, I mean Luke Voigt just hit a three-run homer and Aaron Hicks hit a homer back-to-back. Um, I just want to say the Yankees are back. Yankees do seem to be back. Just Stanton's presence in the lineup. But what are your thoughts on this bubble? Do you think this oh, is going to work? Good. Yeah. Bubbles seem to work. As simple as that. The bubble thing seems to work. And... You can't have a positive test in the playoffs. I agree, and I think once you knew there weren't going to be fans in the postseason, I think the bubble was really the only realistic option. Uh, and I think you're doing it in four great ballparks, plain and simple. I think Minute Maid is great, ballpark in Arlington, brand new. 
Petco might be the nicest in baseball, um, and Dodger Stadium, maybe the most charm of any stadium in baseball. That might be generous. I'm it's um, the te- I like the Texas ones because you eliminate the uh, the potential rainout. I guess San Diego. I mean, how often do games get rained out? They're going to be fine. They should be fine. So they just honestly, the biggest hope is you got to just hope the fires don't spread to Southern California. Can we have nice things? I look. I'm, I don't mean to be devil's advocate when I say that. I'm just kind of stating the facts. Right on, right on. Um, and we talked about the Padres in San Diego. We've talked about them a lot. They dodged a bullet. Uh, Friday and Saturday's games between the Padres and Giants at Petco were postponed due to a false positive COVID-19 test in the Giants organization. Uh, but they made up two of the games Sunday in a doubleheader, and they're going to make up the last game uh, September 25th to 27th and last, that last series. How relieved do you think the MLB was when they found out that this was a false positive? A, given that both of these teams are playoff teams, but B, given where we are in the season, that there's only so many more games you could make up at this point. Yeah, it could have been a disaster. So baseball dodged the bullet. Crisis averted. They dodged the bullet, and I'll just leave it at that. All right. One team that I want to ask you about is the Dodgers. I mean, we know how great the Dodgers are. Uh, and to be fair, they haven't really had Walker Buehler for a ton this year. And even when they have, the numbers have been uh, just okay. His ERA is a little over five, but he is on the 10-day injured list with a back injury. Uh, so my question for you is, if Walker Buehler is not available for the postseason, how much do you think that affects the Dodgers going forward in the playoffs if they have to roll out, let's say, Walker Buehler Dustin May and Urias games one, two, and three. Dude, they got Kershaw. You just think at this point Kershaw in that deep lineup it doesn't make a difference? Kershaw's Kershaw's gonna have to do something. You think this is the postseason in this crazy season of ours? The craziest thing is gonna be that Kershaw finally exercises the playoff demons. Yes, I, he's so. I mean, first of all, who who isn't rooting for Kershaw to get to do well? Uh, maybe Padres fans, but that's about it. If you're if you're a third party, you want to see Kershaw come away with something, because you don't want him to go his whole career with the guy that just couldn't win the big one. And I mean, if it's not this year, they'll the Dodgers will be right back in it next year. But you want to see him perform well while he's still Pete Kershaw. You don't want him carried to a ring at the end. I still think with or without Walker Buehler, this team's a favorite in the National League. As simple as that. I think they have to be because they have the experience. They are, the people say Padres haven't been there before. Braves don't have enough pitching. It should be the Dodgers. All right, you mentioned the Braves. So let's talk about that 29-9 win against the Marlins Wednesday in Truist Park. Uh, Adam Duvall had a second three-homer game within an eight-game span. Uh, at one point, they had an 11-run inning. And according to stats, Duvall... Uh, who became the first Braves player ever with two three-homer games in a Braves uniform. So think of all of the guys on the Braves throughout these years. Chipper Jones, Andrew Jones, Hank Aaron, Eddie Matthews, you name them. Duvall is the first guy McGriff. to ever... McGriff. the first Brave ever to have two three-homer games as a Brave. Uh, and he's also the first player in history to homer with one man on, two men on, and the bases loaded in order in that game. Second player in NL history to have... Two three homer games within ten days of each other, joining Johnny Mize in 1938, uh, and is also the first player in the majors to have two such three homer games in September. 
Um, so from here, I'm just going to name some facts, and you tell me which one you think is the craziest, those Duvall ones included. Uh, the Braves fell just one run short of tying the modern record for runs scored in a game, which was set by the Rangers when they defeated the Orioles 30-3 to in 2007 at Camden Yards. Uh, 29, though, is the modern era record for most runs scored in the National League. Uh, 18 of the Braves... 29 runs came as a result of homers, which according to Elias ties an MLB record for most runs in a game coming via homer. Uh, on the Marlins side, Pablo Lopez allowed seven runs in one and two-thirds innings, but reliever Jordan Yamato ended up with 13 runs, 12 earned on 11 hits and two walks in two and two-thirds, um, joining the Royals' Vin Mazzaro as the only relievers in the past 75 years to allow at least 13 runs in a game. Again, I mentioned the 11-run inning that they put up in the second. Uh, maybe the craziest part is that the Brewers blew out the Tigers 19-0 for the third-largest win in franchise history uh, and set the team record for extra base hits in a game. But again, this took a back seat and nobody talked about it because the Braves were that good. Uh, and it was the second time in Major League history and the first in the modern era that two teams have won by 19 or more runs on a single date. Uh, so all of those Braves facts that I just laid out for you, which one do you think is the craziest? Uh, and what really was just an absolutely insane box score to look at. Anytime you start to score 29 runs, that's the crazy. That's so many runs. It's so many runs. That's crazy. And then anything with what Duvall put on a show. Duvall put on a show. Two, three homer. You should view it a three homer game. You're pretty set for, for a while, right? How many people can do the three homer game? Doesn't happen very often. I think Acuna had gotten on base like five times by the sixth inning or something crazy like that. It was a great. It was. It's crazy. It was crazy to follow, um, but that's what we kind of expected from the Marlins going into the season. Yeah, this was the first true Marlins dud. I feel like we've gotten all year, and they they made up for it. This was bad. What do you think is crazier, that box score or the fact that uh, Matt Weeters? This week for the Cardinals in the 6-4 win against the Twins last Tuesday, um, that he had a 19-pitch bat that he fouled off 14 pitches. I actually think it's crazy that Matt Weeders is still in the league. That might be the winning answer. That's fair. And I remember he was he was on a Sports Illustrated cover real young in Baltimore. Uh, and he's had a good career, but not the hype that he had. I mean, he was a couple-time All-Star. I think won a few gold gloves. but He was all those good Orioles. Was not the next in the line of, you know, the Brooks Robinsons, the Ripkins, etc. Yeah, he was... Well, neither is Chris Davis. Oof. Neither is Chris Davis. That is true. But Chris Davis is a lefty, and we got to give a shout-out to Kevin Cash. The Rays on Friday... Cash batted nine pure left-handers in his order against the Red Sox right-hander Andrew Triggs. The first time that that has happened in the majors in modern era since 1900, and it paid off. The Rays beat the Red Sox 11-1. Is that something you think we'll ever see again? Yeah, I'm sure some analytics is that you got to spit out all lefties this time. Steve Cohen, uh, as part of our wrap-up, he officially purchased the Mets. Uh, my question for you is, do you think he's going to get the approval he needs from the other 23 owners? I think the other 23 owners are... Well, uh, sorry, the other 29 owners, but he needs 23 yes votes. He'll get it. People uh, people don't really want to see the Wilpons sticking around. Not that Cohen's in, might be a lateral move, but... At least it'll be a lateral move with a shit ton of money. Yeah. Philly's owner probably says no, because they because uh, that is going to drive up the JT Real Muto price. Big time. All right, and the last thing. Uh, so every week, The Athletic, they do... A MLB Would You Rather. Um, and a lot of them have been pretty interesting reads. Um, but the one that I think was a pretty interesting debate, and I usually text you asinine baseball questions during the week, but I wanted to wait 
until the podcast for you to hear this for the first time. And here was the question straight up. Who would you rather have, Randy Johnson or Greg Maddox? Randy Johnson. Wow, no hesitation. I love Randy Johnson. Big unit. It's a sick nickname. I think my answer is over the course of a career, I would want Greg Maddox. Well, Maddox aged better. I think he's the most consistent pitcher in baseball history. But if you one game, one game bullet to my head, there's very few guys I would want on the mound more than Randy Johnson. And you just got to hope the slider's on that game. Randy Johnson, Greg Maddox, the professor, kind of a nerd. Randy Johnson. Definitely. An unapologetic nerd. Randy Johnson scares the shit out of people. Uh, yeah, yeah, you do not want to go up against Randy Johnson. Hell no. Not a guy you want to be in a fight against. He, um, kind of the man. Photographer now. Big Pearl Jam fan? Which is ironic, because didn't he uh, assault the photographer at one point? Yeah, he didn't like his uh, intro to New- the, the paparazzi in New York. Bad start to uh, an underwhelming career in pinstripes. Yeah, I think underwhelming is a generous I think, way to say you know, it. Fun baseball jerseys to order? Uh, Randy Johnson's Astros. That's a sick jersey because that '90s Astros logo was awesome. So, or Randy Johnson Giants jersey. Randy Giant, Randy Johnson Expos jersey. Yeah, if I can get like the baby blue Expos jersey, I'm in. I'm sure you can find it. There's an internet filled with random crap like that. Ain't that the truth? Any concluding thoughts before we wrap this up? Yeah, CMAs tomorrow night, or I guess this is released this morning. So if you got time tonight, watch the CMAs, go scroll deep on Bavada, find the odds, and hammer, hammer Luke Combs. He is the man. All in on the Luke Combs hype train, and uh, take Carrie Underwood for female into January of the year. Looking forward to the CMAs. Also get your flu shot, of course. Get your flu shot. I'm looking forward to the CMAs. Uh, Mac, if you were listening, my brother, I'm sure you're not. Thank you for being supportive. Uh, text Bryce back. He has some good news for you. And then I don't have to hear it from him. Please tell your brother to fucking call me. No, uh, it was tell your fucking brother to call me. But my concluding thought is going to be, it's just going to be that the Yanks are back. We got Cole and Tanaka going the next two days. I hope we sweep the Blue Jays, make this interesting down the stretch. Um, but baseball is in full swing. And right now, between baseball, football's back, NBA playoffs are nearing their end. What an unbelievable time to be a sports fan. Uh, no matter what sport you are into. And the Stanley Cup is right around the corner, too. Um, so great time to be a sports fan. A lot of good content. And if you need a new show, watch The Boys on Amazon Prime. New episode drops this Friday. With Bryce Holden, my name is Chase Midorski. This is the Underdog Sports Baseball Show.